0: 630 Ched and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present The show that is everything Oilers Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex Managed print services to keep your printing costs down
1: Yeah, Digitex
0: does that D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Hey, it's 105 and Edmonton, number number two, Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, and that is Digitex. Oilers Now needs Hugh Porter and Digitex. He's a serious business guy, but he's a fun guy as well. Digitex, PCs, copier supplies, printers. Laptops, IT, plotters, software. Now, Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices manage at digitex.ca. You can text us on our Heartland Ford Text line at 630, 630 with over $10 million in pre and new owned inventory out in Fort Saskatchewan. One of the largest uh, Ford dealers in Alberta experienced the difference of Heartland Ford. Guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village Edmonton South Downtown Northside and in Sherwood Park. Tell Don and the staff orders now sent you to the River Cree Resort Casino hotline as promised. In this hour, uh, for a number of years, one of the top agents in the business. You know, later, a general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, now of the NHL Network. will hook up in 18 seconds' time with Brian Lawton, and we've got former Oilers head coach Ron Lowe to talk about hockey helps the homeless. But without further ado, we welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Uh, well, I, I wish we would have had uh, some different results this season. It kind of... Got away from us a bit as the season went on this year for uh, Oil Country, and um, I'd like to get, you, you know, you're kind of watching it from afar in terms of the fact that you're in New York, but you're connected throughout the course of the league. What was your perception with what occurred here this year? You
1: seriously want me to
0: recap that for all the Oiler fans there? Is today torture day or what? No, no, no. Just, just a, I, I like just to get a personal, you know, a personal, what, what was your gut feel of what went down here?
1: Well, at the end of the day, I could summarize it in terms of management, probably a little bit too much groupthink. Okay. Too many similar opinions. I didn't see, you know, a lot of great decisions being made throughout the course of this year. I saw a really good coach get let go uh, for some of those poor decisions that were made during this year and previously, quite frankly. And that's not uncommon in this business, but. It is really unfortunate. You hate to see it happen, uh, but I'd be more interested in talking about the future, Bob. There we go. Well, let's go. That, I'm an
0: optimist. There, you are an optimist. That's <laughs> well, that, that's uh, that's that's a good approach to have. I might, uh, you know, you've been in the chair before. Uh, you use the term groupthink. I, I'm not, you know, I, I kind of think in the end, Pete kind of isolated himself a little bit but some people say Stauffer, that's a cop out how could you right" so but you've you've worn that chair i'm sure there's times you've felt alone and you felt that you had support uh, from your perspective, and since we are going to focus on the positive, uh, or not the positive, but being an optimist for the future, what do you think is the right, like, I think there's lots of different people that could come in and do this job, by the way, Brian. I don't think it's limited. like, they have to get this guy. Um, there might be guys that I might think are a better fit than other guys, but give me your perspectives on that.
1: You're absolutely right. Uh, the reality is, is that there's a lot of very good people that could come in there and do an excellent job As a matter of fact, if we had an actual technical test and we came up with the best guy, um, that would be terrific for the Oilers. But I will tell you this, having managed a hockey team in the National Hockey League, there's just a lot of variables that you deal with. There's a lot of white noise that you have to deal with. And at the end of the day, you have to have a little bit of luck on your side in order to do really, really well in this business and one of the great equalizers for lack of luck in a short time is not having enough time and that's why whoever they they've got to go through the process like they are come with, come up with the right guy let him make the obvious changes that this organization needs um yes there's i'm certain there's good people there that should remain but you can't imagine that it's everybody with the decisions that have been made in the past. Yeah. And the first thing that you're going to have to do is to try to figure out how you get the right people on the bus. And I'm talking about a management group. I'm talking right. about the right coaches. I'm talking about everything from A to Z. Go through the process, do that, give these people time, and you should find success knowing that there are some things that are just out of your control. You don't always get to pick first, as Oilers fans know, and have the luxury of having a Conor McDavid waiting for you there.
0: On that note, some people have suggested, well, who would want to go into that scenario? They've got some tough contracts to deal with. There's this perception, and I do think that, you know, Pete had a fair amount of autonomy, but and, and the new individual is going to have a, a fair amount of autonomy. Uh, but there's this perception of, the like, there's a lot of different variables, and the old boys' network gets brought up. I frankly think, hey, it's a club and there's only 31 general managers in the league and there's lots of guys that would love to be a GM. Do you think there'd be any hesitation for individuals to come here?
1: No, I don't think so. I think that's a bunch of crap. That's, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is if you're a serious person that wants to manage a team, every team has its warts. We all know what the obvious ones are for the Edmonton Oilers. We all know what the difficulties are with some of the contracts but if you get good people in there trust me they will come up with solutions i have looked at this team inside and out and i did not speak to them about the general manager's position and full disclosure but there is nothing there is absolutely nothing that made me come to that conclusion that has to do with this is an unsolvable situation that is not the case uh there's solutions for problems there they're not easy you're gonna have to roll the sleeves up but ultimately there's not one thing in my opinion that you can't fix over time with the Edmonton Oilers it may not be as immediate as everybody would like but uh this club has a clear path to be very good in the National Hockey League for a long time it's just you got to get the right group in there and let them do their job. All
0: right, so, and on that note, I mean, we all know about McDavid in 2015, and I think after this past season, uh, and I'm not underestimating the abilities of Aaron Ekblad or David Posternak, but Leon Dreisaitl, who is represented by the agency that you worked for, uh, that you were the, their lead driver for for a number of years. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl. You mean the
1: agency
0: that I founded? Yes, Bob, okay. I, yes. <laughs> I oh, didn't go.
1: found Octagon, but I did find found their hockey division. Yes,
0: yeah, so you, uh, so Brian Lawton, who, was, uh, who founded Octagon's hockey operations, Leon Dreisaitl, still with Octagon to this day, uh, I don't think there's any debate. He's now the best player from the 2014 draft, so the Oilers have the best player from back-to-back draft years, and they're two of the top four scorers in the entire National Hockey League. That is a good place to start from. Most people would suggest if you were hungry to... Uh, you know, move along in your career, that might be two intriguing players that you've got under contract uh, for, in the case of Dreisaitl, a lot in the next six years, in the case of McDavid for the next seven. That's not a bad starting place, is it?
1: No, it isn't. It gives you a lot of options, and that's all you want to have when you're managing a club is some flexibility to do different things, just like coaches. They don't want a roster of all the same players. They want to have options to move people around to put pressure on at certain points. Uh, believe me, there's a lot of people that would be licking their chops for an opportunity to take over a club like the Oilers And, and when you have two incredible pieces like McDavid and Drysdale, And they've got other pieces, too. Uh, but a new person will have the benefit, Bob, of being able to come in and maybe unwind some decisions that they don't agree with from the past i know peter takes a lot of grief peter Shirelli is a very smart guy in a very small sample of less than a few years yes there were there was a lot of poor decisions made right. and yes it's affecting the club but yes it can also be undone and they can be put back on the
0: right track well here's an illustration okay with Shirelli. so uh, criticized for pro player procurement, right? Okay, fair enough. Lost too many trades. That's what most of the fans will say. He was criticized when Leon Dreisaitl was signed to an eight-year extension at $8.5 million. Brian, that contract is looking pretty good. So I would say that's a huge checkmark in Chiarelli's, uh arsenal. And the other thing, uh, speaking of our arsenal, is the Oilers have built up a bit of a war chest from a developmental perspective of young puck-moving defensemen. And, you know, they got a chance there to change the complexion and their makeup of the D. So it's not, you know, just like Craig McTavish. I mean, McTavish drafted Nurse and Dreisaitl. Those are two players that I would say, along with McDavid, are the long-term core of the team. So for all the criticism about, say, the decision on Jeff Petrie or not signing Eric Guffson, there's always checks and balances and and checks in in support of these guys as well, aren't there?
1: There absolutely are, and and I absolutely agree with what you're saying. However, I will tell you when you're managing a club, there's just a certain amount of grief that you know comes with it. (laughs) Uh, that's just the way it is. We drafted Victor Hedman in Tampa, and everybody said we're a bunch of idiots. How could we not take Matt Duchesne or Vander Kane or Braden Shen? Uh, it just comes with the job. You don't worry about it. If that stuff bothers you, you shouldn't want to work with a club because there is a lot of that that goes on, and all the answers don't always materialize in a time frame that allows you to be judged fairly. Uh, Peter knew that. I doubt that that, that stuff bothers him. He did do some good things for the Edmonton Oilers, but people don't really want to talk about it because it's uh, it's funner for most fans to be negative or for a lot of people. And not everybody is a pessimist, but you better be an optimist if you want to run a club and you better have a really thick skin because there are going to be days uh, when you feel as low as you can possibly feel and yet you have to be undeterred in the mission that you're trying to accomplish when you're running an organization.
0: Well, it's interesting because you and Peter do have something in common. Now, you were at a different level than Pete. Uh, But, uh, and and I'm just trying to think, was Peter actually with your firm at one stage as an agent in a a support role? Or was it with a different, I'm trying to think of who he worked with in the agency business.
1: He worked with Larry Kelly, who became part of our firm but that was years after and yes Peter was an an agent like myself and Peter was a hockey player like myself he played at Harvard, he was their captain You know, he's got a lot of experience in the sport Uh, and he's not an idiot I know that things went sideways for him in a lot of ways we could go back and dissect it uh, and it would be a three hour show, It, it doesn't matter at this point, it didn't work out Um, somebody new is going to come in take over this club. Hopefully they're going to have a complete autonomy to come in and do what they think is right. First, Bob's got to go through the process like he is and and find the right guy. And like you said earlier in this show, there's more than one really good person out there that could run the club. They'll come up with with a good person. I, I think more of the problems are systemic in terms of allowing that person to make the decisions that they need to make, uh, going through the organization and validating that people are that are in the right roles have the right characteristics, capabilities, and traits to be successful. It's not easy. It, it takes time, particularly these first 90 days. They are so hectic, it's a joke. You've got so much to do. When I started in Tampa, it was no word of a lie. Fifteen hours a day, every day, for the first ninety days, just to get things in order. Do, That's going to have to happen again here for the Oilers.
0: Very quickly, and we're joined right now by the NHL Network's Brian uh, Brian Lawton. Brian, do managers that have agent experience are they a different breed than the managers that didn't spend time representing players?
1: Um, I don't think you can categorize one. You know, okay let's just let's just name all the people that were agents and that were general managers Brian Burke, George Mcee, uh, Dean Lombardi, Peter Shirelli, myself, Mike, Barnett. you know you yeah. can keep going and add classifications to them and each one makes them different right George McFee, agent, also an assistant GM, also a Hobie Baker award winner so, in college hockey, and an NHL player for. 400 plus games you know so i don't think you can say that everybody that was an agent is the same or everybody that was a player is the same
0: fair enough all right switching focus i'm going to give you uh not you know and i don't know if this is easy for you to do or not but there's been some consistent names that have been brought out there for the edmonton position kelly uh mccrimmon Who uh, we know from the West is the assistant GM. Works with uh, George McPhee in Vegas. Mark Hunter is. Those are the two, and Ken Holland, I guess, would be the three names that have probably been brought up the most for the Edmonton position. Obviously, Holland's got a a lot of senior management experience. Different experiences for uh, McCrimmon and uh, Hunter. Your thoughts on on maybe those three guys?
1: Well, obviously, Ken Holland would bring incredible credibility in terms of having been the leader of an organization that had success for certainly uh, not quite a quarter of a century when Ken was general manager. But there's a lot of credibility there. Do I think that Ken is looking to leave Detroit from everything I've heard in my due diligence? No, I don't think so. I don't think uh, Ken is going to be a guy that's going to be going anywhere right away. So I would kind of put him lower down only because I don't think it's a possibility. Mark Hunter absolutely is looking to get back to work with the club. He did a terrific job in Toronto. Uh, He saw as much support as any organization has for people on their staff. And I think that he would be an excellent choice. I really do. I think he could do a great job there for the Oilers, but... I think there's gonna be some challenges. Um, Some of them will have to do with, you know, putting the full package together, having never done it. Kelly McCrimmon, I would put him somewhat in the same boat, and yet I think both of those guys would be awesome. Kelly is so familiar, obviously, uh, in terms of his name, in terms of his freshness, with what they were able to accomplish in Vegas. I think that in knowing Kelly and Mark over the years, I believe they're both excellent leaders, very different styles. So you're going to see two totally different styles. And um, that's for Bob to figure out. There's other names that are out there. I don't know where they're at in the process. Uh, okay. uh, well, so they're, they're going to come up with somebody good.
0: I'm going to give you two names from the East, okay? Pat Verbeek and Ross Mahoney.
1: Um, I think it would be a challenge for Beaker uh, as a first job. I don't think that this is one where you want to go to as a first job but i played with pat with the hartford whalers he's a tremendous character guy he would have to have somebody with him that would have a lot of credibility in my opinion in order for him to be successful and that's what the you know bob nicholson and the rest of The people with Edmonton right now need to figure out. Not only how can we find the right guy, how can we help him to be set up for success? I think it would be difficult for Beaker.
0: Ross Mahoney out of Washington?
1: Ross Mahoney uh, is a guy I've known for a very long time, not quite going back to when he was a teacher, but (laughs) for a long time, obviously, my days of involvement in this league. I think Ross is a tremendous guy, a lot of experience. um, Would concern me a little bit that even though he's an assistant general manager now, I question how close in terms of, you know, to the top he's been. He's never really lived in Washington. That's that's not a total precursor, but I think that he would fall, interestingly, in a little bit of the same category as Pat Verbeek in terms of there would be some challenges there. And the ages are obviously different for Ross, And Pat, I'm not talking to the same guy, but I think they both have the same challenges in terms of the Edmonton Oilers is going to be, and all these candidates that we're talking about are first-year guys. Kelly probably gives me the most comfort out of the group because of his experience. I mean, he was impeccable for 20-plus years, and Brandon, I knew him as an agent, um, I've certainly continued to know him along the way, and I've always been very impressed. I like Mark's expertise, having worked with the Maple Leafs and his involvement with junior hockey, but it's not going to be easy for a guy that's never been a GM before. That's just a fact of the matter. It doesn't mean you can't hire one, but I can tell you that from experience.
0: Uh, one final name for you, just because it's been mentioned from the guys from TSN a bit, Sean Burke.
1: Uh I think Berkeley would be similar to Beaker. Okay. Tough tough first job. I know Sean, he used to be a client of ours. Uh, he's a world-class guy. Uh, again, if they, all of these guys could be successful. Let me be clear with that. But the package of who they bring in, if I were no. Bob Nicholson, I'd want to know all that stuff. I wouldn't want it to be a surprise. <laughs> and then I'd be able to look at these guys and say yes this person can do it with this support with this autonomy
0: well uh you never really know how it's going to go two years ago pete shirelli todd mcclellan up for gm and coach of the year um we all thought the orders were headed a specific direction. It's it's kind of shocking that it, it didn't work out the way it did. I don't think you and me are surprised for a second that Todd's back coaching in the league, Brian. We we appreciate uh, you know you providing us your perspectives and some clarity on this issue. You've been in that chair. You know what sort of heat comes with that. Uh, we'll touch base down the road, and we'll uh, for sure see you at the draft. Okay, Brian.
1: I appreciate it, Bob. I'm going to add one more name to the mix, and not for your GM job, but whoever becomes the GM. I'd be surprised if the right guy to me to come in and coach that team in the future, Dave Tippett. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Thanks, Brian. (laughs) Appreciate it, Bob. Take care. All right. Well, uh, Tipp's had a lot of success over the years. Currently assisting Seattle in the process. It's 126 in Edmonton. That was uh, unsolicited. That might get some people going. Again, the Oilers have an acting general manager and an interim head coach. Uh, Keith Kretzky is the acting GM. The interim head coach is Ken Hitchcock. It is 126 in Edmonton. Uh, Brendan, we, we can marry the two breaks together right here. Uh, we'll do that. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, uh, we will hear from Ron Lowe, former Oilers head coach, about hockey helps the homeless. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.